Marco Royce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Not the best of clearances. Oh, what a volley! Matt Hummels! Went in for Holland! Like he's never been away! Hey, welcome the to. Oh, no! Who is simply <laughs> deadly. Hey, welcome to the BVB podcast. I uh, struggling right off the bat. I uh, I was like, wow, that 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 intro came up way quicker than I thought. And then uh, it's all good. Here we are. We're good to go. A BVB podcast first. That's well, funny. It did. I don't know if I said it. Welcome to the BVB podcast. My name's Jake Carver. Is with me as always. How are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Yourself? Doing doing pretty good. It's been uh, clearly it's been a while. I mean, it, it's I feel like it's been forever since we've recorded last. It has been a little longer. We we waited a little longer than what we usually do to record podcasts. But I mean, coming off or starting the intro like that, you you feel like it's probably been like a couple months. Like we already took our summer break, which we have not. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, with that said though, it has been a, a crazy, crazy week. Uh, a lot happening. We got some new signings. We lost a coach. We got a coach. <laughs> the women are going up. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of big, a lot of big stuff happened this week. And so I was you feeling about it. It was already going to be a loaded episode with our season recap and the player ratings, accolades, all of that. And then with just yeah, the the Hosa departure, and then with the women's promotion uh, game. That's there's just a lot to cover today. So yeah, so um, we'll 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 start with the women's. I want to we'll we'll jump right into the women's, and um, no, no, I'm not gonna say get that out of the way because I think a little bit later on, maybe in the summer, we'll have Adam back on, or we'll we'll get a a nice because they have one more game to play, so they still have a big cup game to play for which is coming up this weekend. I might mention that a little bit later in the the podcast. But yesterday, as of recording this on uh, Thursday, they they had a game on Wednesday which was their um promotion playoff game and they won. Um it was they kind of cruised. They they won 4-0. They even they went down a woman. They they got a red card pretty early in the game, being up 1-0, but were able to still handle the game cleanly and they are officially moving up to the I think it's the Berserk Liga. Berserk Liga. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's super exciting for them. And like I, like I said, they're not done yet. They they still have one more game, which is a cup final, which is super exciting. So big day. I, I got to, I'm not working this week. I've, I've been off, which was nice. I got to actually like pay attention and watch the full game, which was awesome. So that was exciting. Uh, any other thoughts on the women, Carver? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously huge congrats to them. A very successful first season. I watched the game as well. I was at work, but thankfully, you know, Dortmund has the um, YouTube live stream every once in a while for certain games. And, you know, whether it be like the U19s or whatever, but this time they had the women's uh, versus TV. And uh, yeah, they didn't look too threatening really that in my, in my opinion, that pretty much that entire game. So a little bit of a cruise, but yeah, regardless, we go up very happy for them. Yeah. Yeah, women controlled even when we were down there, still in full control of the game, which was exciting to see. But I mean, that, that they'd kind of been cruising through this whole season, so uh, very good to see. It, which yeah. I, it makes me even more excited to see them go up and get some tougher competition and, and see how uh, 
they continue to play out. But I mean, they've been playing some tougher competition and still winning. So it's exciting, exciting moving forward. And we'll, we'll have updates about them as we go. And uh, again, shout out to Adam, who's joined us on the show before. Make sure you follow him at Foosball Tweets. Um, and I'll link all this stuff too. Because if you want to know anything about the women, um, he's he's the guy. He 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 will get you, get you taken care of. No, he's killing it. Yeah, he, he does some great work. So big shout out to him. And yeah, before we... So in this episode, we are going to talk about we're recapping this season. We're going to go through stats. We're going to go through um, some player accolades. Big shout out to everyone who got involved on Twitter and Instagram and sent us some emails, plug in the emails again, uh, to get some votes in for player ratings and everything. So we're going to go through those. But we have to start with the big news. Of course, there's signings to talk about, but the uh, the real big news that Rosa is, is out. I can't... Well, is out, was out, was fired, let go. They parted ways. Who knows what really yeah. went down. Um yeah, <laughs> Just, no, I, I don't. I didn't see this coming. I know, like I, I was kind of back and forth. Like sometimes I was like for Rosa. Sometimes I was like, maybe he's not the guy. Like I was kind of up and down this whole season. That that's where I was. And then uh, you know, a lot of people kind of felt the same way. A lot of people were backing him because obviously the injuries. Um, but to actually see it happen, I was like, I, I still had those mixed feelings. I'm like, okay yeah, maybe that was the right move. And then I'm like, maybe it wasn't the right move. Maybe you should get a real shot of this. So, I mean, what were your initial thoughts seeing the the news? It's just baffling. Even after letting the dust settle after a few days, it's baffling. And I want to be clear that even if you weren't really on the Rosa train this season, no one could have seen this coming. It was completely out of the blue. And as time goes on, it, it becomes more and more apparent that this departure of Rosa was not planned. And it's not even necessarily like a sacking. It was just kind of like a departure between both parties. And, you know, just to quickly recap, if, in case anyone hasn't heard some of these details, but so reports came out last Thursday on the 19th, I think, saying there was a meeting between members of the front office, including Vatska, Matias Summer, Kale, Terzic, and Rosa. And this meeting was apparently just two hours long in its entirety, which is obviously pretty damn short for analyzing the entire season, let alone assessing Rosa's role as manager going forward, which begs the question, you know, what happened during this meeting? And, you know, the answer is we may never know. You may never know who instigated what during that meeting that ended up cutting things so short. And, you know, it's I know it's easy to shit on Vatsko right now and, online, you know, mostly on Twitter and say that he pushed Rose out the door. But, you know, it's it's obviously a, a bit more complicated than that. You know, I would imagine there's plenty enough blame to go around. And, you know, you can point fingers at whoever, but my best educated guess of what happened during that meeting is, you know, is a combination of Rose's shortcomings being exposed in front of the board and stuff, and um, which I will get to in a second. But on the other hand, the board initially probably feeling indifferent about Rosa's appointment initially to begin with, given the success and the relationship that Terzic built or began building at least towards the end of his last few months in charge. Yeah, I shout out to uh, Stefan from the uh, Yellow Wall podcast who he was talking about after this news broke and they did, yeah. um, which I, we shouted him out on Twitter. No beef here with like, no podcast beef or anything like you should listen to the yellow wall podcast. Um, and they, they did, they did an episode before the assigning of Terzic, but if that's something you want to go back and listen to, highly recommend it. And he made the, per the, uh, two hour meeting, he, he made the assessment that, uh, yeah, 
season recap podcasts should be longer than two hours when you're assessing a, a whole season. So the fact that their board and coaches meeting lasted only two hours is pretty, pretty wild and nuts. And clearly something that was beyond just a, a season recap, but something broke down during that meeting. And uh, Yeah, no, I completely agree. I know they did a great episode analyzing that and um, Matthias and uh, Stefan from the Yellow Pod and, you know, obviously go check them out. They did a great episode on that stuff, but, you know, I, I understand that going back, you know, no one knew uh, what this meeting was going to be about and, you know, who knows who instigated what in that meeting. Again, I don't think this was planned at all. I don't even think the board planned on doing this before that meeting. I think it just, you know, maybe it got heated and someone was maybe thin skinned. And uh, I think both parties just kind of went, all right, you know, it's not really worth going forward to collaborate anymore. And see ya. Yeah. Um, so without looking ahead to like who we do have appointed as coach, our uh, new coach Terzic, uh, what, what are your, Carver and I, Carver and I haven't like talked much. We texted a little bit here and there. Uh, had some crazy personal week. I, I I did so, and Carver too. Carver was moving. I had some stuff going on, so we haven't really talked much. So Carver, I'm just curious. What what are your thoughts? I guess where where do you stand with Rosa? Would you have wanted him to stay another season? Or what what? Another season, another full season. I don't I don't know. I don't it depends on how he would have done the first month or two. Yeah. Do you think it was the like the right call firing him? Maybe not at this time. I I don't know. But at the same time, I also understand that given the appointment of Terzik, they probably just wanted to give him a full proper preseason to get everything in line and uh, get a structure going to kind of prepare more for next season, even though a lot of these signings, I think Rosa did have a lot of the influence of those transfers, but that's, that's my best educated guess of, you know, how the board wanted to go forward with the uh, appointment of Terzic, which, you know, I understand that after Favre's departure and or his sacking, um, the club wanted another big name in this squad like Rosa. And at the time, you know, we activated his release clause before the season even ended. And that's what made Terzic the uh, interim manager. And, you know, after Terzic started gaining momentum and found some success, and not just winning the Pokal, but also building relationships in an optimistic atmosphere overall within the dressing room. I think the board, the board kind of, you know, just wanted to maybe try to pull back and think like maybe he was the right appointment all along. But of course, you can't go ahead and say no, no, never mind to Rosa because you've already activated that release clause. So uh, I think the board was maybe just taking this opportunity to move forward with a different candidate. Yeah, I. As far as Rosa getting sacked or them parting ways or however you want to look at it, I, like I said earlier, I still like have these mixed thoughts and feelings, but I think I'm leaning more towards, I think it was the right move. Um, Because obviously the, the injuries, you can't look past the injuries. I said that before in defense of Rosa earlier in the season, you can't look past the injuries and all the, this team wasn't built out by Rosa. Uh, There weren't any real signings besides Coble. Um, so it wasn't, didn't really feel like a Rosa team. So yeah, it's like, give him, let him sign some people, let him really build out this team, hopefully get a run where you don't have all the injuries. Um, and I still stand behind that. I I think if he would have got this next season, it would have been better pending. We didn't have another injury onslaught again, but, but part of me still feels like there was, we just saw so much, maybe we we didn't see, see anything or see enough throughout the season, um, even given the injuries, it just seemed like there were so much inconsistencies with 
lineup, not lineup mm-hmm. choice, but lineup for, formations. Because I, I'm on the belief that you you have your system, you have what you want to play. You have to play it regardless of like. I understand you have to tweak some formations here and there, and maybe some gameplay situations are going to tweak the the formation. But the fact that we didn't know what formation he was going to go with, like even even if you have a say you want Holland up top, this is just very broad, but say I want my striker up top, Holland, whatever. Okay, Holland's out. You just plug in Mall in there. You plug plug in your striker. Like you you plug players in where they fit, not just change everything completely to the point where week by week we had no clue how we were going to line up yeah. or anything. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I, I just feel like there was so much inconsistency there and it seemed like there was no true game plan or... Ideology, I, I can't say that word. Ideology or structure or anything. It's like he didn't show enough in that sense that makes me want to like, yeah, keep him around, give him a real go. I just see so much inconsistency, or I guess I didn't see enough of something um, that I'm like fine with just moving on. Especially given the how how Terzic ended the season last year and. And because I, I, I'm not like, because he's been such a big part of the club already, Terzic, I, I have no like problem with, obviously he played a part in these signings too, the, the guys coming in. And yeah, obviously um, Rosa probably had a say in like, oh, I want Sule and Schlotter back. Well, nobody's going to turn down those players anyways. They come into any team and improve any team. So it's not like I don't look at those guys as specific Rosa signings because you could plug them into any team and they're going to make an improvement. So I, I kind of think same thing with Adi Yimmy. I think he plugs into this team and he can make an improvement too. Um, regardless of what I said before about Adi Yimmy, <laughs> I mean, we, we, we hashed out the Adi Yimmy stuff last week, I think, as the, the role and position he's going to play. I think he's going to be an improvement, give us some depth. Um, so as far as signings, I don't think these guys are necessarily just Rosa signings. And that, that part doesn't worry me at all. Yeah, so going back, I mean, again, Rosa, you know, his lineups were picked for him probably 80% of the time due to those injuries. And for me, it's not even really matter or too much of a problem with like the formations as much as it is just the actual system and philosophy of his game. I mean, again, sat here or sit here almost every week going like, I don't know what our game plan is in this game. I mean, let alone a backup game plan. He never really has anything for that or any sort of answers when things go south, which to be clear, things did go south, which seemed like almost every mm-hmm. single game this season. But I mean, I mean the pressing, as I've mentioned a handful of times, it's so half-hearted, and we just you, we couldn't win the ball back as well as we, in my opinion, which as well as we could or should. I mean, go back under Terzic, you know, he's he's not that you know um, philosophically developed or tactically developed. I'll give him that. You know, he's very young, he's pretty inexperienced, but at the same time, the team spirit optimism and motivation that he brought into that team to go actually out and compete and want to press as a unit, which is what I'm always trying to reiterate. I think that's one of the big deciding factors between, you know, both coaches game plans under Rosa, again, very half-hearted and uh, the team just didn't look like they wanted to buy into his philosophy too much. And it looked like there really wasn't, it wasn't one to begin with, you know, defending completely out the window. We were, outclassed and I don't know how many games a season, even with a lot of our starters, I, I know, I know we injuries run back and, you know, um, didn't have that many or many available personnel, but at the same time, you can point to 
probably five or six games easy this past season where you did have players like Holland or two center backs in Coble starting uh, consistent center backs, and you are still completely getting outclassed, even at home and in front of our full capacity stadium as well. So I think that is something that the board definitely took into account. And but yeah, for me, it's just it's the pressing was one of the big things that caught my eye because you know watching Terzic last season, once he started gaining momentum and uh, more respect over the locker room, I think those players really just had a lot more belief in themselves and confidence in themselves to go out and press well and, and act as a unit during those games. Yeah. And even though I'm on board with the, yeah, maybe it was the right call to depart with Rosa. I still don't know if I'm like completely on board with Terzic right off the bat. Like, yeah, he's, he's our guy. I don't think I would have been, I think my initial thought was like, well, who the heck is going to come in? He wasn't my, my thought like, Oh, he's the solution. He's the answer. He needs to be our manager. I think looking at what he did, it does excite me. Um, it, it and it excites me more to give yeah. him a full season to give him the reins. Um, during his announcement video, one thing that's I love how happy and excited he looked. Like that got me hyped up just to see how thrilled he was. Because there were almost reports last season that like he didn't want the coach's position. He didn't want to be the the head manager. And I, I don't know where how much truth was in those. I don't know if. If last year it's like he was, I'm not saying he did it half-heartedly, but he like he did it knowing it was just he was just the filler, um, and it seemed like maybe there wasn't an option for him to be the head manager. Um, but like to see how much joy mm-hmm. he had on his face, like signing that contract, it was like sweet. I'm I'm really happy for him. Um, again, do we need someone a little more experience? Maybe maybe he needs to go get more experience and then come back to Dortmund. Obviously, we're just gonna have him right off the bat and, and see how it goes. But I am. Um, so I don't know if he's, he's the answer, but yeah, it's definitely better to bring him in now than to say like, yeah, sack halfway, Rosa through, halfway through next season mm-hmm. and then bring him in again. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. And, and I, th- I remember seeing those reports that came out last year, you know, he didn't necessarily, uh, wasn't looking to be like a full-time manager or anything like that. But I think they were just, I think it was him being self-aware of like, maybe I kind of want to go learn more of the inner workings of the front office of this club that I care so much about and maybe come back at a different time that I have more, a little bit more knowledge on the matter. And that, you know, I think he had offers as well. And if I'm not wrong, he had an offer to coach at Frankfurt and he turned that down because he just wanted to stick with Dortmund. Um, But any, I think any uh, sane person of that stature and um, ability like Terzik wouldn't turn this down. I mean, I think he now has, a little bit more inside yeah. of the club and he obviously has that experience. It's not much, but it is experience and it is success. I mean, he won the Pokal with us and um, he got the dressing room on his side as well, which is, which is the number one key to um, success in general as a manager. You know, you walk into that dressing room day one and you need to have everyone backing you. It is something that, um, you know, cannot go uh, understated. Yep. Um, so, I mean, we should probably dive into some of these signings. Uh, I guess, is there only been one official signing? What do you mean, one official? Oh, like... Uh, <laughs> Within well, the last we week, Schlatter I guess. With- oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I guess one was... <laughs> I see what you're saying. Uh, one was uh, Ozchan, um, which is, you know, thankfully, we got number six. I've been saying that since even before at Yemi that number six should be our number one priority, and not saying he is like the answer to everything or even he's like, you know, a true number six through and through, but he is 
someone who could definitely play in that role and has, uh, has been in an aggressive system before, knows the Bundesliga, and had a terrific season last um, year, and you know had plenty of, uh, I think he ranked really well in interceptions and um, won a lot of duels as well. Someone that's going to bring that grit, someone that we've been uh, lacking like since Delaney, really, for a lot of those kind of uh, tough to break down Bundesliga teams. So, and um, so I think he yeah, has a terrific signing, especially at the price. You know, I think we got him for under 10, if I'm not wrong, which is a steal. Yeah, I don't know much about him. That's something I, I'm going to work on a lot next season is watching more of the Bundesliga outside of Dortmund. I kind of, with all the games are, granted, I can watch the replays whenever I want, but all the games are usually at the same time. So I usually just watch Dortmund and don't get a lot of other games in. So that's something I just want to be better at. But so I don't, with with that said, I, I haven't paid too much attention to him. But I mean, he's been playing. I know he's been playing and playing well. And uh, yeah, to get him for a pretty low price is is great. And he's fairly fairly young. He's like yeah, twenty four. Right. Oh, I, I believe he's twenty four. He way better than way better than what I was thinking. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, good signing. And it's what we've been looking at. And just another thing to point to is this is so early too. Like we still have so yep. much of the summer left um, that it it just excites me that uh we're gonna get a few more guys in um and we haven't seen anyone leave yet which is the exciting thing too um, yeah well, that's what i was gonna more people going out more people we can bring in so mm-hmm. that's what i was gonna tap on at the end is i wonder how much more money is left to uh spend for this summer given you know we, we've done terrific with our business so far don't get me wrong i mean but at the same time you know this is a club that doesn't you know splash on players much at all and I think this is like our biggest summer when it comes to spending yet. So, I mean, for us to go out and potentially find an attacker, that's going to be a big ask in my opinion. But who knows? Again, I don't know the financials of the club, but I think we've done terrific so far, though. Yeah. And I'm going to just reiterate that because Terzic is already part of the system and has been working with the team. Um, it's not like we, we have to wait for a couple months for our coach to start. Like he's already been in the thick of it. He's already yeah. very familiar and probably had a lot to say with these signings. So that's just, we're, we're already, we're already running there. We have no like downtime, which is great. Um, and there's not even no backtracking. Cause like I said, he's already been part of the system, uh, which just makes it even more exciting too. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for Terzic. I mean, I'm, I'm really hoping that he's going to be the answer for a manager that we can actually keep for a while and build some momentum and solidarity within our club because I mean, we've just, I think we've been through seven or six, six or seven managers since uh, Klopp. I mean, the Klopp hangover is real and we've just been struggling to find any sort of replacement for him. That's half as decent. So not saying Terzic is going to have all those answers right out the gate, but hopefully he's something we can actually build around and build a project around for the next decade maybe yeah and that's what it seems like if all goes well who knows yeah that's what it seems like with signing him um it's like they're they're backing a project um it's not like we need to sign sign a coach and try to win the bundesliga ideally we can win next season that's what what we're making these signings for but it seems like they're this is more of a project like they need to they obviously need to give him time and it seems like that's what they're backing and and signing on for so it's exciting yeah but it's the hope that kills you though, Jake. I mean, I hate myself because <laughs> every single summer I'm like, I'm looking at the squad, man. I genuinely think this is the year that we can finally compete and tip Byron off. And then 
come May, I'm like, I was talking about next year. <laughs> hey, so if if the I don't know, I remain optimistic because I genuinely if do. the hope kills you, I'm I'm gonna which I I'm always I'm big Ted Lasso fan, um, and I know that that got a big big up, <laughs> upping in Ted Lasso, um, and I, I I'll get behind that phrase all day long, but I'm gonna change it up a little bit. It's the hope that tries to kill you, but you know what? You can't freaking kill this hope because <laughs> if this hope was killed and if it was dead, wait messed up my sentence if if the hope killed me <laughs> that's how you know you're wrong we wouldn't be doing this podcast right now <laughs> i'm just doing it for the clout <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh okay so and okay so we don't have any other official signings not that i know of who knows it happens before we're gonna release this episode and we'll probably sign someone tomorrow it's a friday they might head in the weekend with some exciting news so We'll see what happens. But I know there's been some links. It looks like just from Twitter and online, it seems like there's some photos of other guys in and out of the club, maybe doing their medical, maybe taking some photos. So we could see some uh, some more signings. I, I'm not that familiar at all. I've just seen the name when when he came up with the a goalkeeper that we're yeah, looking we, to sign that could be official. Yeah, we have, two, we have two number twos that we're looking at. One of them is Lotka, the young goalkeeper from Berlin. It's just, I think it's just a matter of which I'm pretty sure I could have sworn we were talking right before we were recording that like that was already confirmed, but maybe not. I imagine everything just probably took a halt after the Rosa meeting, but uh, Loka, young keeper from Berlin, I think it's just a matter of if we want to invest in him as an actual number two, or just maybe if we're looking to sign him on and then send him to the U23s or something like that, or you, uh, or the, the second team, because I think he's a keeper that probably needs a little bit more than time than that at an actual, you know, this kind of level. But, and the other one was uh, Alexander Meyer from the second division and the second Bundesliga division, excuse me. Um, And he's just an experienced keeper, big guy, six foot five. I think he could bring a little bit more experience and leadership to our team as well as, I mean, that size is huge and goal. If you, you know, if you also have the ability on top of that, I think it could be a proper number uh, two as well. Um, All right. We should probably get into the, uh, We've been going for uh, about half an hour, but it's probably time we get into that actual recap. <laughs> it was it was going to be a long episode already. I was texting you the other day. I was like, man, with <laughs> the ratings, it's going to take a while. But then on top of that, all this goddamn news over the past six or seven days, it's, it's going to be one uh, listeners can settle in for. Not that I'm mad about it. No, no. Yeah, no, and I don't think any listeners are, are, are mad or upset either. I think they... Well, from... From the positive feedback we've got, big shout out to everyone who has reached out and, and said some very nice words. So to, to the few who have reached out and given us positive feedback, if we go hella long today, it's for you. Thank yeah. you for listening and enjoying our, our words. We got a lot of responses too for the, uh, the time I just say stupid crap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I gave a shout out at the beginning of the episode, but yeah, big shout out. Well, we put a bunch of tweets out, getting your guys' votes and everything and who you thought... Um, uh, deserve some shout outs and praise and our, our accolades we're going to give out. So thank you to everyone who, who reached out and voted. Cause uh, yeah, I mean, literally we're, it, it's, it could just be Carver and I saying our thoughts, uh, but because you actually like participated and are involved in this podcast and uh, you're an active participant, which means you get your voice. And we actually got mm-hmm. a lot of votes for, for players and stuff. So this is more of a reflection of, your guys' thoughts and not just me and Carver over here blabbing. So we yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. So we, we have ratings and then we also have accolades that we'll do after that. 
But for the ratings, I just want to point out that we're doing uh, players that at least started 10 games or have played 15 games because, you know, if we wanted to do the entire squad, I wouldn't want to have listeners sit through like three hours. So I don't want to sit through that. We just did uh, players who started 10 games or yeah, or played 15, starting with the manager, Rosa, which (laughs) I wrote him before even the uh, departure. Uh, We did out of 10, uh, I did decimals on a handful of players as well, but I gave Rosa a, yeah, I gave Rosa a six and a half, 6.5. A few different notes here. Just again, still unsure of his tactics. We never really saw a consistent tactical vision whatsoever this season. No backup game plan ever to games that went south would seem like every game. Useless late substitutions constantly. And getting out of getting knocked out of every cup competition way too early, and looking abysmal in the cup competitions in general, and um, just overall not that convincing in my opinion. But at the same time, you know, still secured second pretty early on. Somehow, I have no idea how we did that, but we did. And he's a solid man manager for the most part. I know that was one of the bigger complaints for people with Favre. Is just. He was an old dude who didn't really look like he was too involved in the dressing room outside of the pitch or off the pitch. So I think Rosa definitely brought that a little bit more to this club. But those are probably the two biggest redeeming things that came to mind for me. But yeah, I still gave a six and a half. What do you think? So I'm going to have like two ratings because I think there's the pre-departure of Rosa and then the post-departure of Rosa, which they don't change that. They don't they don't change that much. But I would because yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of you can look at it glass half full or glass half empty. <laughs> so free departure of Rosa, I probably would have given him a seven because I would wow. look more to I would look more to the injuries that he was dealt and he mm-hmm. basically could not pick a team and the fact that we still secured second pretty comfortably. So that yeah. obviously makes it look a little a little better. Uh, now that he's gone, though, I would say six. And it's everything I said before, the inconsistency. I don't know what's going on. Do you have a game plan? Maybe a 6.5, because really early in the year, I, I gave a shout-out to him and his hair, which I'm still a fan of, and I'm going to miss it on the <laughs> sidelines. But, um, yeah. So I guess, really, I'd give him a six. Yeah, I would say that that's perfect. You gave him a – started to give him a seven and went to a six, and I gave him a six and a half. So we're right in that sweet spot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Next is Kobel, which a lot of people, a lot of people shout out or shout him out as our player of the season. I gave him an eight. Uh, actually, feel safe with him in goal, which I can't remember the last time I said that about a keeper at Dortmund. I mean, we've had solid keepers in the past seven or so years since Weidenfeller, but I mean, I just haven't had that, you know, that feeling of just like actual safety with a keeper in goal. I mean. Anything that a keeper does, Kobel can do it better almost. I mean, any keeper you could think of, he's it, he's an insanely solid actual goalkeeper. I mean, his reflexes and uh, saving ability is uncanny. Uh, decent distribution on the ball as well. And he's young, so he makes you know mistakes here and there. But again, I think he's a really solid keeper going forward. I mean, in a proper investment. So I gave him an eight. Yes, I would agree. Eight and I'm hopefully I I'm not gonna just copy all your scores. Hopefully that's not how this ends up. Hopefully we have a little <laughs> a little uh like our our scores vary a little bit going throughout. But yeah, definitely deserves an eight. One of our best players. 
we're definitely going to give him a lot more praise. I think when we talk about our accolades, cause he, he gets a lot of shouts, a lot of shouts from you guys, the listeners. Um, one stat, which this is, well, this spoiler is going to come up in our underrated, but, um, he sits, he sits 12th in the Bundesliga. I, I pulled up all the Bundesliga stats. Um, I didn't pull up like overall Europe and everything full season, but Bundesliga stats, he's, uh, came up as 12th in the league for saves with 81 saves. But as we've talked about before, it's not all his fault. He's such a good keeper. He made so many, a lot of those saves were like huge saves that kept us in games that helped us win games. He's such a good keeper and saved our butt so many times. Um, he deserved a lot of praise and I would also give him a solid eight. He was fantastic. Yeah. I think 12 is a little underwhelming given how incredible that he, that he looked in my opinion for this season. But yeah, I think it's just, He's young, so he's going to make mistakes, uh, whether it be just on the ball. He kind of had some boneheaded mistakes here and there. And he's again, since he's young as well, his positioning isn't the best, but it's not bad by any means either. So, yeah, really excited to see him going forward. I think I think even by next season, he's going to be one of the best, if not already the best uh, keeper in the league. Yeah, I think next season he's going to get a lot more praise from the league and media. Um, he, there was some here and there, um, that I saw on like the ESPN's coverage of Bundesliga, like he was getting some, some praise. It's just like people did recognize that it wasn't all his fault, all the goals that we were leaking. Um, but I think next year, even more so he's going to be really high up there with, uh, I mean, we're going to, we're going to have a much more solid defense. So that's going to put the clean sheets up. That's gonna, yeah, put his stats up and hopefully, hopefully he gets, yeah, he just shoots up those. His rankings. Yeah. Um, Mats Hummels is next. I have him at a seven. I think this was a sort of underwhelming season for him compared to his last uh, two seasons here, or at least coming back as being or from being a Bayern player. But uh, I mean, this season, I think he's mentally switched off a lot more than he should have at times, which makes him more error prone. But overall, still a leader in this team and. Uh, provides a lot of good moments when needed. Yeah, solid seven I thought was pretty reasonable. I'm going to go 6.5. This is not all performance-based, though, my rating. I'm just going to say mm-hmm. I was just so disappointed to see so little of him. Um, yeah. And even, like, towards the end of the season, it was like, what? because I guess, was there an official, like, injury, or do you think he was just kind of recovering from COVID? Because I know at one point he had COVID, and then we kind of just didn't see him again. I don't remember seeing an he- injury. So maybe he was recovering from that. Yeah, I think he also just had an unrelated illness that wasn't COVID as well. Okay. But he picks up knocks. You know, players, the older you get, you're going to pick up more knocks. I do remember earlier on in the season commenting about, I think he came back in and just the amount of like headers he would win, like on the halfway line to keep us, like keep our press up high um, and keep the ball in the opponent's half. Like he can, seems like he can always be there and win those balls. Um, And I, so a lot of praise for that. I'm, none of me, I, I, I love Hummels, and a 6.5 is more me being disappointed in, in how little we saw him this year, yeah. I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Manuel Akenji, up next. I gave a 7.5. It was originally an 8, but just the past two or so months kind of let, let a, uh, or left excuse me, a bit of a sour taste in my mouth for Akenji. Uh, he's been our best defender this year, and I don't think it's really that even close. But, 
yeah, just towards the end of the season, I don't know if it's just a matter of just him kind of being fed up with the club, but it looks like he uh, just didn't care too much, made a lot of really needless mistakes and unnecessary mistakes and uh, cost us a handful of really unnecessary goals as well in big moments. Um, I would go seven. Um, also, I was going to give a shout. I don't know who, I don't remember who voted, but someone, since you, I was, people are probably going to, say that's a little high from you Carver I'm just gonna say because I think it's a lot more it rides on emotion and people not being happy with him overall mm. to give him a 7.5 but someone did give him one vote for our underrated player of the season so someone's uh along the same lines as you a little bit there um so I would give him a seven and then I was also going to point out um one Bundesliga stat he came in at number two in the league for successful passes from open play oh in 92.35 percent yeah that's what I was going to say is uh you know, you, you look back at his tenure here at Dortmund and his past four seasons easily been his best season under us. And it's not even a question, you know, you can go back to his passing. I mean, not even, and it's not even just like the sideways boring Witzel type like passes. I mean, he is breaking a lot of pressing lines, someone who could take the ball out from deep and, um, you know, bring the ball forward and push everyone forward. I mean, he is a master at that. So I, I, I don't think a seven and a half is too high, but, um, yeah, best season with us by far. Yeah. There's been part of me that I'm like, what? I, I st- I'm kind of thinking, what if he sticks around? What if he somehow he sticks around? I know there's been all these rumors and reports, and maybe it's just because I haven't seen any links, like solid links that he's out yet. Like, what if he sticks around? Uh, you know, be good. you know, a club that would be perfect for him is Manchester United. I mean, they, they are desperate for a center back right now, which – you would, you would think Varane, Varane would be the answer to that. But, you know, Akenji would yeah. be someone that could really, you know, be a ball-playing defender because God knows Maguire is not that. And, you know, it's the Man United tax as well. I mean, they're overspending on every player. So I think that could be a, someone we could try to get out the door and cash in on because, you know, his, his value is at a yeah. – his stock value is at an all-time high. Uh, Zagadu. Yeah. That, those are the only links I've kind of seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Zagadu, this hurts me to say, but I gave him a six. I just, I mean, had decent moments throughout the season, but they were very limited, uh, to put it simply an incredibly massive liability error and injury prone, which seems like every single game, uh, not much to really highlight on from Zagadu. Yeah, I'll go with a six too. I, uh, it's He's not someone who I felt secure about being in the back. Um, and I was more surprised often than not when he did something good, when he didn't make a mistake, when, when he made a good... Me too. Yeah. Which just when you think he would like start to build a little bit more men and when he came back here and there, he would just immediately throw himself down the pecking order with conceding a penalty, you know, giving away needless fouls, whatever, you name it. Um, Emery Chan... I have at a seven solid utility player. I mean, he's just someone that is ready to go at any place we want to put him slotted in really well in our back three. I mean, you can go back to games like Mainz this season or a handful of other games where he just completely bossed our defense and organized us extremely well when we were in an injury crisis. Uh, also converted a lot of crucial penalties. I mean, I would not take him versus him being someone that could put, put those away, but, I don't think he missed any in the league and uh, a great leader in this team. 
and you know, he's on a high amount of wages. I'll, I'll concede that, but, and he's, and he's got some errors to work out of his game also. I, you know, I don't want to try to uh, throw that under the rug too much either, but, you know, I think he's made a lot of improvements from the previous season under Terzic. And again, a great utility player for seasons where we have injury crisis. Yeah. I have him at a 7.5. Um, I kind of want to give him a little more, but I think what I'm going to rank other players, I can't give him more. Um, but such a good utility player, like you said, I, I've given him a lot of praise before, just the roles he's been able to step into. And I talked a lot about the, I think it was the last episode of the, the week before maybe where I talked about the trust. I <laughs> Now Rose is gone, but I was like, I don't see Chan moving this summer because I feel like Rose can trust him so much that he's going to stick around and can continue to be an important player for us. And I, I think he still can. And I I like him a lot, and I, I hope he sticks around. But yeah, I'd give him a 7.5, and I feel like he could have had a much better season if he didn't have to be so much of a utility and kind of had one yeah. one role, whether it was like a, a center back, mm-hmm. right back, or w- whatever. I th- I'm starting to think his best position might be in that back three. But yeah, I, I want to go higher, but it's just like his errors, which are mostly on the ball. I mean, he makes some defensive errors here and there, but it's just like in the big games when he's on the ball, He's just he's giving the ball away in possession completely needlessly, and uh, you know, again, you don't have anyone to back you up when you're in a back three. So it's just a straight giveaway and an easy opportunity for players to score or an opposition to score. So yeah. I mean, he was humiliated a small handful of times in, in games like against Leipzig at home. So yeah, it's a decent shout though. Uh, next up, Thomas Munier. I have him at a seven and a half. I mean, honestly. When I want to think about this, what part of his game hasn't dramatically improved since his first season? I mean, I was one of the biggest critics of him. I, I wanted him out from like the second game of last season. I, I just couldn't think of a single thing he did right. Is I could get into a list or whatever, but I'm rather going to talk about his positives because he turned everything around. I mean, his uh, he defends and attacks miles better across the board. His decision-making is also miles better. His crosses went from being a literal meme to delicious and actually kind of sexy at times. I mean, how many assists did he have this season? Overall, a massive improvement in his second year as a Borussen. Yeah. I'll go 7.5 also. He, man, it just sucks that he got injured. And uh, I remember that, well, it was probably the episode where he scored two headers off the Brant corner kicks, but we were just like going off on him and how great he was. And I think, I think even before we were Brant boys, we were Mounier boys, Mounier men. That's maybe how you want to phrase it, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think it was the, the, uh, at our season, uh, we had him as our, was he our, I don't know if he was our MVP of this, the half, uh, the, the, at the winter break, but we had him up there as like most improved or I don't remember, but we were very high on him at the I half of the season. Improved, yeah. 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 Um, and it's, it was such a bummer to see him go down. So, and to not have him these last couple months. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. He, yeah. he had that, uh, I forget what kind of injury he had now that I'm thinking about it, but I mean, he was out since, um, I think it was February and yeah, it was the game against Rangers when he came off at half. So, yeah. uh, yeah, next up Rafa six and a half coming from me. Sadly, in my opinion, his worst season with us. He's been here for, I think, five years now. And very underwhelming across the board. Excuse me, not five years, six years. Uh, 
I mean, he's had memorable moments, had some really nice goals. I mean, he's always uh, due for a really nice uh, goal, whether it be outside the box or, you know, different with his, with his, uh, the outside of his foot as well. I mean, he has a you know wide range of different abilities in front of goal, but yeah, just really underwhelming o- overall. I mean, constantly getting dusted at the back whenever we try to play him as a fullback and couldn't bring what we know he is capable of in uh, attack in most of the season. Yeah, I'm going six. I just, uh, it was rough. <laughs> I think you you hit on everything. Yeah. I don't have anything to add except just so many that so many times we got caught out on that left side, and uh, it was just rough. And he didn't give us enough going forward this season to make up for mm-hmm. the lapses in the back. That was a big thing for me too. It's like, okay, you know, you can judge him harshly on his defense, but at the end of the day, he's not choosing where he plays. And if he's going to be a fullback, then he's got to be a little bit more, you know, responsible in defense. But at the same time, even going forward, it's like he didn't offer much mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. He really didn't. Uh, Pongacic. I have him at a six and a half as well. I'm so okay. These next two we're going to go into. Mm-hmm. Say I'm surprised they they even got 15 games or 10 starts. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so you got to keep in mind for some of these players. Yeah, that is a bit surprising to me as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's Pongracic started the season really well. I mean, saved our ass on countless occasions early on. You know, our first game or one of our first few game few games away at Gladbach. I think he was our best defender that day, hands down. Um, but just I mean, just nothing really special about his game at the same time. And he kind of just slowly drifted off as the season wore on. And, you know, at the end of the day, he was kind of a semi-reliable backup CB for our year-long injury crisis. But uh, nothing too uh, insane that, you know, jumped out at me. Did you, did you say 6.5? Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, I'm going a little high. I'm going 7 because I... I don't know. I just I liked I liked what I saw when I saw it. We didn't get to see it much, and I almost feel, I guess this is on him on the training pitch and what Rosa saw, and maybe that's why Rosa didn't pick him. I don't I don't know what happened behind the scenes or on the training pitch, but anytime he came in, I felt really comfortable with him, and I I felt like he even showed a lot on the ball, and I feel like he should have gotten a few more chances, even more so than Zagadu. And so I'm going a little high, but I, I've said it before, and I, I liked what I saw from Pongratich, and I wish he would have gotten, gotten a few more chances. Yeah, I mean, I would probably have to disagree a little bit, but at the same time, you know, it's hard, I guess, to kind of play him more and instead of Zagadu whenever you know he's going to be going back to Wolfsburg after the season. You're trying to see if you want to extend Zagadu at the same time so you want to try to, little, try to see a little bit more of him, but... Yeah, he, he did look at times a bigger, better than uh, Zagadu. Excuse me. Uh, next is Schultz. I have him at a six point five in a and as well in a row. I got three six and a half. Excuse me. Um, honestly, I think Schultz's best season with us, which is a pretty fucking low bar, <laughs> but. Um, but you know he just uh, he I don't know I guess he always gave his 100% decent attacks here and there but like Pongacic nothing special offers very little in his game overall. Yeah, I go 6.5 also. I I don't have really anything to say about him. Just very average when he came on, but yeah. I guess he wasn't very like average. awful. That's why I'm not going to give him a 5 or something. He wasn't completely terrible. 
Axel Witzel. I have him at a seven. And I went back and forth between a 6.5 and a seven. You know, might get hate for that, but, you know, he was, and I was very critical of him towards the beginning of the season or the first half of the season. Really slow, doesn't offer much more anymore since his, you know, his body's taken so many tolls on and off the field and stuff. And, you know, he's an older player, but I think he really turned himself around this second half of the season. I mean, seemed a bit more up to the challenge, brought more stability, composure, leadership, helped our control our midfield really well in certain games, as well as had a few clutch moments as well. So that, that bumped it up a little bit for me these past three or four months. Yeah. I also had a seven and it was definitely towards the end of the season. He started to step up more. I mean, he was called upon a lot and he came in, he played that role. Well, he was dependable. I was reliable. Got, got a couple goals. So, uh, yeah, he, he stepped up quite a bit and it was exciting to see him. Like I almost wanted to give him more, but it's like, if we would have seen a full season or if he was starting every game, then he could have got a higher ranking. It's just kind of, he like saved it at the end and he, he just came in when we needed him to and played his role well. So it was, it was exciting to see happy for him. Happy to see him like go out on a high too. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of a high, if you can call it a high, but yeah, I, I would call it a high. Yeah. I mean, given also just again, the first half of the season was so bleak for him when he was being played at center back and we were, he was just getting dusted at, by players like Belfadil at Berlin. So, um, Dahoud, I have a seven for him as well. And I almost kind of want to do like a 7.25 instead of a 7.5 for him, like right in the middle. Uh, solid season, but I honestly think he was a little bit better under Terzik last year. So, I mean, there wasn't too many special moments that came to my that came to mind for me. But at the same time, you know, he's always bringing intensity, terrific passes and link ups. Uh, help building up from the back is always very crucial for us and uh, having him in our squad and got us a handful of vital points. I mean, he like the late late winner against Frankfurt was you know phenomenal as well. One of the moments of the season, if not the moment of the season, when it comes to the Bundesliga, which again very low bar in my opinion, but just my opinion. Yeah. I'll go since you, you since you're trying to stretch a little bit. I'll go seven point five. I'll give him the point five extra. Um, we'll, we'll be in the middle. That's nice. I'll take part, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I like it. And well, part of me because we've seen so little of, little of him lately. I almost want to rank him lower, but that's just because like we haven't seen him, and it's been a disappointment yeah. not to see him. But when you remember like the the stuff he did throughout the season. It definitely deserves some praise and uh one of our better players i think more reliable players when we had him um yeah and that that comeback game was oh man so so good i, I titled one of our episodes literally like where was the because it was mm-hmm, i remember that maybe it was the the saint pauli game when he didn't play at all and we're yeah. just like after he's been playing so well and i get rest and rotation but i'm like what like wh- <laughs> yeah and I think I think we ended up did finding out like a few days after that that he had like a slight knock in the you know the bottom part of his back or something like that. But yeah, either way, either way. Um, Royce next. I have him at an eight point five, my highest rating so far. Uh, started the most games in his entire tenure at Dortmund this year, which is crazy to say. Uh, has the most assists he's had in the single Bundesliga season as well. Uh, bagged nine goals, 12 assists, 60 tackles as an attacker, and had the most recoveries out of any player in Europe's top five leagues. 
I don't really know what else you want the man to do, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, so a couple more stats. I know you said you threw his assists in there. He, so he was third in the Bundesliga with his, uh, 12 assists. Um, he was 15th in the Bundesliga for scoring with nine goals. Um, duels one, he was 56th in the Bundesliga, which doesn't sound great, but duels one, looking at the full Bundesliga, Dortmund had Bellingham in third, and then Royce was our second highest player at 56. Yeah. So our yeah. second best duels one by a long shot. Like, um, And then sprints and intensive runs. This is something we talked about in our like half-season recap mm-hmm. um, or mi- mid-season recap about him topping the list for intensive runs. Um, he sat 10th and 8th for sprints and intensive runs. You got to hand and it again, to him. And again, he was the highest or second... Yeah, he was the second highest Dortmund player in those categories, only behind Bellingham, who sat third. Yep. So, exactly. What What more do you want from him? He He came up in big moments when we needed him. He, obviously, the this these last five or six games, we didn't see much from him. But like he's been pushing it all year. Like he needs he need let the man rest. I think I said it last week. Like the man needs some time to rest and recover. And uh, yeah. So it's not surprising that he fell off a little bit towards the end of the season. But yeah. Uh, what did you so, say? Eight point five. Yeah, I'll yeah. Eight point five. Yeah, and and even though his performances weren't the best, he was still bagging a few assists these past few games. And for a man that's about to turn thirty three in like four days, his work rate is still impeccable. Yeah. Uh, Toto Hazard next. Oh boy, <laughs> I have him. I have him at a six. I mean, just extremely underwhelming across the board. I mean, besides his like solo goal at Augsburg, I can't think of anything at all useful he did all season. I I really can't unless I'm forgetting something. I remember a short run. It was maybe two or three games where him and Bellingham linked up for like three goals. Mm -hmm. Um, But that could have, I think you can give more of the praise to Bellingham on that. And he was just (laughs) in the position to finish the goals. Um, Yeah. It's Pretty not disappointing, great. Disappointing, underwhelming season. Yeah. I mean, his first season with us, he had seven goals and 13 assists. I mean, 20 goal contributions in the league. And so that's, I thought it was very promising for him moving forward. But then he just, he was ridden with injuries the following season, only had like eight starts. And then this season had injuries as well, but also just like, just didn't perform well. Uh, Jude Bellingham. <laughs> I just have a nine. And do we even have to say anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i agree nine nine point two i thought you're gonna say 9.5 so i'm going 9.25 give him a little extra bonus because yeah. what can't this child do <laughs> and he's a, he's 18 yeah. he's 18 and, and incredible and again he is a kid <laughs> he's a kid so let me run through i i mentioned his stats briefly but as far as assists, he sat 11th um in the bundesliga with eight duels one third in the Bundesliga uh, with 433. He was the most fouled. Um, sprints and intensive runs. He was sat third in the Bundesliga. Just like one, clearly, obviously one of the top players in the league, not just our team. He is like, well, we'll get into it later. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit later with our accolades. But at 18, just one of the top three player in some of the ranking categories, top three player in the league. Like just insane and how much he is no I, I would too yeah i'd say that too yeah 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 just like how much trust in r- how much we have to depend on him because like imagine if he wasn't in this team imagine if he got injured like where <laughs> would we be without him like 
honestly. Yeah, we, the few games that he didn't play, I mean, we got a good taste of that. Given that he played 32 games out of the, uh, he's only missed a handful. But one of those games being against Berlin, away at Berlin in December. And I remember that episode just going like, we desperately needed a Jude Bellingham in this game. So, uh, yeah, I have him at a nine. I mean, it's not like, you know, I'm not trying to be harsh or anything. I just think there are things that he can't improve on because he's only 18. You know, these next few years, it's not going to be, if he it continues, you know, developing as well as he is, it's not going to be hard for me to give him even in higher rating. So, uh, next, I have Marius Wolf. I have a six and a half. I go back and forth between six and a half and seven, to be honest. I, maybe six and a half is a little harsh, but I just thought seven was a little too high. Um, but again, a utility player. I think maybe the reason maybe I started at like a six and a half is because we're kind of forcing him to play fullback as well. And he just wasn't that great defensively. But he also was like better than Rafael Guerrero, in my opinion, uh, defensively. So. And he also offered more. Um, but, yeah, I just said also times I just – I think he he brought in like a – you know, he was a, he was a workhorse but uh, didn't really give us the edge that we needed in certain moments. Yeah. But a, a solid return and hopefully a, a redemption arc for however many years he has left on his contract to come. Yeah, I'll give him the seven, but I think a lot of that is the effort and – yeah. The passion that he brings and uh the the good stuff we get from him is just because he works so hard and i he's a like i because of that and because of the passion he has and the drive and determination he has i love him so much but it's like i'm sad because it's like have we seen his ceiling like does he can he break through anymore is this kind of like his ceiling yeah you know what i mean no i do i, know and exactly I really mean. want him to I really want him to next season go even like be better, but I, I don't know if we're going to see it. I don't know if we're going to see any more from him technically or just on the ball or I don't know it, which is upsetting to me because, because I love the man because he loves Dortmund and he just wants to play and, and provide for this team. Um, so I, I hope we can see him kind of break through that, that ceiling that we, there's like a cap right now and I don't know if he can get any better. It'd be great if, if he could, but, um, I, I, and I give him a seven purely on his effort. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next player, Malin, pretty much the exact same kind of thing of, I have a six and a half, but I really wanted to kind of edge towards seven as well. I mean, I just, it was just so inconsistent here and there for this first season. Now, all that being said, I, I do believe in the guy. I am, I am personally on the side of, we should keep investing time, and um, into his game. I mean, I think he's just going to need a little bit more time to adjust at this higher level and uh, work out some different areas of his game that I think he can improve on, like his decision-making. I mean, it's not the best. Uh, and I think he's kind of like a one-trick pony in certain regards, kind of like Hazard at times as well. But at the same time, I mean, again, he's gonna, he's got the tenacity. He's got the work rate. Uh, he's got the ability in certain moments as well to put, you know, he bagged a handful of goals this season in the in the league alone is five goals if I'm not wrong and three assists, which is, you know, for 30 or 33 million, it's not the best, but he's a player that can definitely improve. And I, and I, I think he has the potential to improve. So right now I'm going to give him a six and a half. Yeah, I'll go six and a half. Also. Um, I think part of the, the setup structure 
was kind of hindered him a little bit or, or his lack of playing time hindered him. Um, and then he also had injuries too. So he couldn't necessarily get a consistent run and we always didn't see him. He wasn't just the direct replacement for Holland all the time, or um, we didn't get to see him come into games. This is what we saw throughout the whole season with Rosa and his weird subs at weird times. Like He maybe wasn't able to develop like he needed to, uh, but we saw some really good things. I'm surprised he only had five goals in the league. It, it seemed like more than that. And I remember the one specifically where he, a real long ball, I think it was a, a long ball from Hummels. It was kind of like counterattacking situation where he like ran into the defender and they're like knocked the dude over, but he was also like out of control, but like was able to like the strength he showed to stay in the run and then get the goal after that. It was like incredible. So like he has that even as a small guy, yeah, he's got a really good low center of gravity and he can, he knows how to use his body even though he's small and he, yeah. he can be really physical. So I think he's got all the accolades to be a good striker and a big, physical presence even if he's not big and physical um and like you said i don't think we've there's room to grow there it's not like he's hit hit a ceiling like there's obviously room to grow and it'd be nice if we can see see him progress and grow at dortmund i don't know what's going to happen uh but yeah i'd like to see him kick on yeah and then again, five goals is just in the Bundesliga. I mean, you look at the Champions League, he only started five games in the Champions League and he scored three goals. So three and five is not bad okay. at all for the Champions League. So, I mean, he, he I think he overperformed yeah. in that sense. But um, yeah, again, he's got the tenacity, he's got the work rate, and I think he's got the ability to improve. So, and then last but not least, we have Erling, which... I guarantee a lot of our fan base is probably sick of that from hearing from uh, our stadium announcer, but <laughs> um, Nobby. But I have Holland down as an 8.5. I mean, not too much to say besides a goal-scoring machine. Uh, he's just an unbelievable finisher. How many goals or how many goals he scored this season where he's just like, how the fuck does a human do that? Um I mean, our home game against, I believe it was, now I'm liking either Berlin or Mainz, but just the unbelievable half volley you had, like falling over, just to chip it over the goalkeeper, like that's unbelievable angle. Uh, oh, yeah. Again, at so many unbelievable goals that he scored this season. But at the same time, I think he just, I think he could do a little bit more with his work rate. It's not like he also didn't uh, miss some easy chances as well. So, I mean, he could have scored even more. Um and he's, you know, he's he's definitely improving a hell of a lot with his technical ability, but I think he also can be a little bit better with his holding up play and linking up with other players in attack. So not a near-perfect season, but definitely a solid one. Yeah, I would give him an eight. Um, purely uh, purely a little less. I, I think a little less because I wish, I just wish, a lot of my, my rankings are based on emotion and how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> not, not all... Uh, not all technically how they played, but uh, just because I, I wish I would rank if we saw him play a full season, I'm, I'm sure I would have given him like a nine or something. Uh, if he would have produced, and I'm sure he would have, because how many games did he play? And he still got he, 22 goals in the Bundesliga. He, yeah, he played 24, started 21. So I mean, he missed a good 10 games. But yeah, it it, it, it is sad. I mean, this last season with us, he didn't get to play too much, but he, he did produce a lot. It wasn't yeah. just goals either. I mean, he got a, he got seven assists. That is yeah. 
that is pretty insane for a striker. I know. I, I feel like a lot of the Dortmund fan base, they're going to be mad that we're ranking him so high because they'll probably be like, give him a six, give him a five, yeah. get him out of here. And well, guess what? He's gone. And now we need to replace those 22 goals that he gave us this <sighs> this season alone. He was still our highest goal scorer by a lot. Um, and he was the Bundesliga's third top goal scorer, missing a lot of games. So I don't know how you can be mad about that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh. All right. So that, yeah, that's it for the ratings. A few accolades here. I guess we could probably start with our player of the season, which we I guess we kind of already revealed. But no, no, no. I I, I put him in this order. I put him in this order because I want to I want to end with player of the season. We're gonna end there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. So, um, which we just went off on on Holland, and I'll, I'll say it forever. I'm gonna miss him. I'm gonna miss him a lot. And he did, <laughs> and th- th- this shows how much people are like, nope, whatever, get him out of here. Because we didn't have, I don't think there's like one vote for Holland in any of our, <laughs> any of our categories. <laughs> so, which granted, I know he did miss a lot of the season, and I just know people are a little more passionate about some other players, which is why I get it that he didn't. Co- yeah, I mean, he didn't get any votes for player of the season, but granted, he was out a lot of the season, so that does make sense. Um, but so we'll start with biggest disappointment, and right off the bat, sorry, my dog is behind me and she's making noise. Um, so biggest disappointment, I put it, when I put out these tweets, it was a little vague because most of our accolades were for specific players. This one wasn't necessarily, and I tried to be, be vague because I wanted to see if we were going to get more, if people were going to go with players or moments in the season. Mm-hmm. And we should have known it was pretty split. So re- right off the bat, I'm just going to say, basically almost every player got a vote for most Biggest disappointment. And that's fair. Yeah. So Malin got a vote. I don't know if I, I understand that. Uh, we won't talk through all these, but Malin, Zagadu, Brandt, Schultz, Guerrero, Chan, Holland. Holland. Okay. That one was specifically because they miss, he missed so much. Um, so a lot of player disappointments. And uh, Chris from our boy, our, our boy Chris from the St. Louis fan group also said Reyna just because of his injury saga. I mean, it's not really a matter of his play too much, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a disappointment within itself. Absolutely. Yeah. So then I was also going to shout out these moments that uh, people um, said were disappointing moments of this season, which I agree with all these. I think a lot of us are going to agree with all these, but shout out to a BVB fan in Iran said being knocked out of the DFB Mm -hmm. and uh, Europa league. Uh, Sammy underscore 47 said Rosa leaving. So that was a a late plug for uh, Rosa leaving, disappointing the season. Yeah, like you said, Chris uh, said the Reina injury in that saga and the defense, defensive midfield. Uh, Nico, our homie Nico, said the loss against St. Pauli, again, DFB. Uh, he said, we had a brilliant chance to come a long way in the Pokal, and we blew it in that match. We talked about it before, Dehoud not playing in that match. Um, that that was such a disappointment in that game. Um, John H, Big John 814, said injuries, injuries all day. Uh, who is able to play all 34 matches, if any? Do you know that off the top of your head? I don't think there was one. Do we have anybody who played I don't all, think there was one. one. I mean, Jude had 32, but that was it. I mean, other than him, I don't even think anyone came close. I mean, Koble missed a handful towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like I said before, Royce played uh, you know, the most he's ever played in, since his career at Dortmund, but he's, I mean, he only played 29 games. Yeah. Um, and then Tom, uh, Tommy R344 said DFP Pokal uh, Cup lost to St. Pauli. 
said it was a truly awful performance by the team. It was. Um, Oliver, 1909, said the botched home games against Leverkusen in Leipzig. I was going to say Leipzig was another one too. So with all that said, there's no, there's no winner of the biggest disappointment category. I think with all that said, we can just say so much of the season was a disappointment. The season as a whole was a disappointment. It really was. I was expecting us to do great things this season. I didn't think it was too you know, irrational to think we can make a serious run in the Pokal, like make finals again. I don't think that's that too out of the question. Uh, should have gotten out of that Champions League group. Wasn't an easy group, but also wasn't the most difficult and we should have done much better. And in the season as well, again, didn't make much of a race out of the title much at all. Do you have one particular thing that was like yeah, yeah. one? I'm going to go with a player and it's going to be Guerrero. I think with just, you know, I mean, he had he had a few knocks here and there, but he still played a lot of games this season. And, you know, just compared to the rest of his career on this at this club, I think it was just really underwhelming in general. I mean, he played, started 21 games, played 23. So he missed a good 10 games, but in those 21 games just didn't look that great. Yeah. I, so I'll, I'll do a player too. And I would say Reyna, cause uh, we had such high hopes for this season. And then just the fact that we weren't be able, weren't able to see him at all was such a letdown, such a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I also think just being knocked out of the cup competitions, uh, being knocked out of Europe and the Pokal, huge disappointments. Because when it when it seemed like these are our chance to really do something, when we we knew, I mean, the title race was not really ever on, um, and so. I, I remember getting bumped out of Champions League and thinking, okay, well, at least we can make a really good run at and to win Europa League. Yep. And yeah. And then just to get knocked out of granted, credit to Rangers. Credit to Rangers, because they um they they went to the final, obviously. Yeah, they played phenomenal that whole tournament. Uh, but still, like that's that's a competition we should have went into with the ability to win. Mm-hmm. And so it's such a letdown. I think I think I mean just games like that, you can go down the list of probably more than a dozen games a season where you are supposed to be entering those games with the mentality and optimism of we're going to go out and take the game to them and actually win. And I just never saw that under Rosa. I think that's something part of his coaching game that really lacked, at least with Dortmund, but with Terzic, I mean, it was the complete opposite of that. I think we went into every game once he started getting more success and, or excuse me, momentum and, uh, you know, kind of got to work some of the kinks out of his game first few weeks we start to really look more of as a like a competitive unit. Um, what accolade do you want to do next? Uh, we'll jump into player to watch, which this was a uh, we specified on the interwebs that this was not a not one of our new signings coming in because obviously, I think my new signing coming in is going to be Schlotterbeck. I'm just so excited to see see him and how he changes the backline and and just all that. But so this was kind of like younger players or a, just a player you're excited to watch next season. Um, we had sh- a couple shots for Makoko and then um, we had a couple shots for Knauf, which I I'm back and forth. I just like he play. I want to see, I almost want to see him come in. He just was, has been playing so well. And Terzak likes Knauf as well. I mean, he, he started Knauf in the champions league uh, at Man City against Man City. I don't even think about that aspect. It's like, it might change now with, Terzic coming in, um, but yeah, or he could be on loan. Yeah, I think I, I think he just still needs another year to really develop and you know kick his career into gear, and then he can come back a lot more mature, 
um, on and off the field and, and really, you know, hit the ground running when he's back at Dortmund. Yeah. Um, so, and then our, our runner up for player to watch do, uh, from the listener votes is Brant, which I thought was kind of interesting. It, it is really interesting. I remember seeing those responses as well. Yeah. And then, uh, according to you, the player to watch for next season, Jamie Bino Gittens, who also gets my vote. He was like literally who I thought of when I made this category. I, my, I had one thought and said, I just want to show Jamie Bino Gittens some praise and some love. So he's, he's my player to watch. Although I, I do, I do want to change my answer just because Terzik is now appointed as coach. And I want to say Mukoko because unlike Rosa, Terzik actually fancies Mukoko and he can really take this opportunity to prove himself in training and make this season a breakout season for Mukoko and maybe have, you know, a reliable attacker for the next who, you know, who knows how long. But right underneath that, absolutely, Jamie Vino Gittins. Very excited to see him as well. Yeah, I did see uh, the some stuff on Twitter too about Makoko definitely wanting to stay now with with Terzic um, as the coach. So that's exciting. Also, that just makes me think um, maybe him and I mean I know they're real young, but him and Adiyemi up top playing playing as a two striker situation. I don't know if that's what Terzic wants to do, but. That's kind of what Adeyemi did at Salzburg was yeah. uh, like another yeah. striker. It was like two strikers up top is what they played a lot. So could be interesting. Could be exciting. Yeah. Yep. I'm excited to see. Next uh, next category is underrated player. Um, and all right, I'm glad that our listeners also, well, clearly, clearly they listen to us because they don't hate everything we say. But uh, underrated player, Koble came in at three. Um, Wolf, Came in at number two, and in the number one spot, Julian Brandt with topping the, the listener votes online, and we've said it so many times. This is the Brandt Boys podcast, <laughs> and clearly you listen to us because you're a fellow Brandt boy, and that's why he got <laughs> the most amount of votes. Yeah, it's it's a great shout. I mean, I'd probably have to put Brandt as my number one as well just because of how much hate he gets, but a close number two for me would probably be Mounier just because people don't really rate him at all in general. I don't really see many people talking about him much online, but uh, going back to Brandt, I mean, yeah, he has scored, I think the most uh, goals in his career so far with, uh, with definitely with us, but in his Bundesliga career in general, nine goals. Yeah. Nine goals. I mean, eight assists is, his performance weren't performances weren't like great at least consistently, but on paper, I mean that's that's a lot of goal contributions for a, a player that didn't start as many games as you know some other players. So yeah, I know there were obviously some moments, and we talked a lot about it throughout the season where he kind of dipped, fell off, and was pretty yeah. non-existent. Um, but I'm going to reiterate: a lot of this team was non-existent throughout the season, and I think he did obviously. If you want to look at the stats and kind of try to forget about those moments where he disappeared, if you look at the stats and remember the good stuff he did, he did a lot of good stuff. So I'm glad that uh, it's not all Twitter hate for Brandt. I'm glad there are some people showing him some love because also that's how I feel. I felt, um, yeah. I, I Koble, Koble gets a good shout here too. I I kind of wanted was leaning towards Koble in this category. Um, which we'll get into it in the next category too. It's I think he's kind of split between these two categories because when you look at, um, I, th- I think it's easy for him to be underrated. Like when you look at the Bundesliga as a whole, yeah. Because um, we know all the big saves he made, but 
Bundesliga general Bundesliga fans or fans of other teams might not see it that way when you look at the goals conceded and he was like 12th on the on the saves in the Bundesliga but yeah he he deserves said it before he deserves a lot of praise a lot of credit so big shouts to Kobel too and I think the Wolf thing um he came in and, and did a job and with a lot of heart and passion so I think I, I like that he got a lot of votes too on this one yeah no, I mean, so going back to Kobo, the reason that I wouldn't put him as underrated is because I think he is rated and it's not like I'm not having a go at him at all. I just think a lot of people do give him the praise that he does deserve, at least in our fan base. Um, so I probably wouldn't put him as underrated, but Wolf is, is a definitely a solid shout. I, I think I even tend to underrate him at times for as much as he, you know, the work that he puts into this team. And again, a utility player on either side of the fullbacks or going up the midfield as well. All right, so we'll get into the final player of the season and uh, starting at our uh, number three from based on the listener votes, Royce in the number three shout, Koble sitting at number two, which is good. Another great I, I shout. Think he, I mean, he, a lot of people were really high on Koble. Um, and like like we were just mentioning, like he, he that's why I said he kind of sits between the underrated and player of the season. I think a lot of people who, want, who didn't maybe didn't vote for him player of the season voted for underrated because they still wanted him to get some some cred and some mm-hmm. some love. And then by far the most votes, not only in this category, but in all the categories we did, talked about him before, Jude, mother effing Bellingham, <laughs> taking it easily. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really happy that our fan base recognizes that you know i was i was honestly whenever we were thinking about making these polls for the you know, i'm not having to go with the listeners either but i i was just imagining a lot of our fan base being like holland holland you know and not even batting an eye at other players but the fact that like holland didn't get barely any votes and bellingham won by this much it goes to show you that you know not only the the club uh, you know the actual board and you know the coaching staff respects him and, and rates him but the fan base also realizes that he is an unbelievable player. Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of people are calling for him to be our, our next captain yeah. and, and leader. And they want, they want him to lead us to greatness. And, uh, and yeah, I just, I hope he sticks around a while. I know he's, I know he's going to be here next season. He already confirmed that he, he's here next season for sure. Um, but yeah, he's uh oh man, he's so good. And so Dortmund did put out these stats uh, earlier for all competitions. He played 44 games, uh, six goals, 14 assists, 72 successful dribbles, 84 tackles. Um, I'm going to reiterate the Bundesliga stats that I mentioned before. Sprints and intensive runs, he came in at third. Um, duels won, he was, came in at third in the Bundesliga with 433. Um, and then assists, uh, he was 11th in the Bundesliga with his eight. And just all this from an 18-year-old. And just, I was about to say. And it, it's not even him being... Not even him being technically gifted, which he is, but it's well, his, say, which he is. <laughs> obviously the tackles want run and the intensive runs, but like the the physical presence and just the leadership that he does bring to the field. He's just such a commanding presence at such such a young young age, which is so incredible. It's so good. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, again, you have to keep reiterating that this kid is eighteen years old. And he, it's not only that he has that leadership mentality and he has that, um, you know, physical uh, ability to just what seems like just throw himself into every single challenge like it's, you know, his last game. But at the same time, you know, the team around him listens to him. The players listen to him. 
and they want to learn and 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 um, watch him lead by example. So it's not like he's just doing this for, you know, not getting recognized by the coaching staff or the players on the field. I mean, he he is the man. Yeah, I love that. Um, just the stats reflect how good he is too, because he's he's almost. Uh, you could almost see people. I think people who maybe don't follow the Bundesliga or definitely don't watch Dortmund. Um, not they might they might rate him, but not see everything that he does. You know what I mean? So to be able to just look at the stats, the Bundesliga stats, and see Bellingham, Bellingham, Bellingham. You know what I mean? See him everywhere. It's like, yeah, yeah. W- without a doubt, he is one of the best players at such a young age. It's incredible. Can't can't say it enough. He's so good. You can't say it enough. You can't say enough about the kid. And, and I, I do have to say, I, I have to like bite my tongue from earlier in the season when I, I think I even made a comment and I, I don't even think this was me being an idiot. I mean, it kind of was, but this is also me being a, a newer Dortmund fan and trying to figure things out. But it's, it's from what I saw him last season, a little more inconsistent, didn't get as much playing time, but I, I called him like a luxury player. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that he was just like, not, he was not that, but one of our most important players. And I, I'm fessing up and, I'll admit that I said that before and I was completely wrong, but also that was based on me seeing him not, not always getting the time that he probably deserved back then. Obviously he was young and still developing, but like for him to just step in this season and be our number one on the team sheet, every single game, him or Coble, just, it's not even, it's not even a question with him. I mean, he, he's just an automatic starter. Once he got that role, he is, is just no going back for him. And, and, you know, you're not alone in that fact that, you know, you were completely proven wrong. I was completely proven wrong as well. I remember the the game where I realized I was proven wrong specifically. It was, we were still under Favre and we were away, excuse me, we were at home against Munich. It was the first meeting of us or our two uh, meetings and Bellingham came on in the second half and our game went from like just abysmal and just had no faith in ourselves whatsoever to completely changing our mentality and actually going out and trying to get a result. And that was solely because of the engine that Bellingham brought to that team again. So, you know, going forward, I really hope we can extend him for as long as we can keep him. And I can picture him being a captain if he wants to build a legacy here. I mean, he's only 18. It's not like he can, you know, uh, if he wants to leave soon, he's still got his whole career ahead of him. So, yeah. And uh, I don't know. It, it seems exciting if, if we are truly building this project and moving forward, I, I feel like if if we're gonna actually move forward, actually build this thing out and can become one of the the top teams in Europe. Obviously, we play Champions League every season, but if we can win the Bundesliga, close to close be a to. real contender, and then yeah, and then and really be one of the top teams in in Europe, then yeah, that that's gonna convince someone like him to stay because young. Hungry, want, wants to play with the best teams. Obviously, there's going to be a time where a move is going to be really tempting and we might see him go, more probable we're yeah. going to see him go. But that's that's what what these players want. They want to be top. They they want to be playing for the top team that has the biggest ambition to go for Champions League titles. That that We got to be honest, that's like what team he's going to want to go play for. So let's yeah. become that team. <laughs> like, I was going to say, if we can actually continue investing the resources like we have been this spring so far. Notice how I didn't even mention this transfer window yet. You know, I think we do have the ability to maybe go and actually fucking challenge Bayern next season. And and if we can do that and prove to Jude that we are competitors for the title and we can go win silverware on a 
at least semi-consistent basis, maybe he would want to build something here. All right. We did it. We did go way longer than any other episode, but I'm not mad about it because... Uh, a lot to cover. We didn't hit two hours, like <laughs> Stefan said, but... uh, We could. We could have, but I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting kind of hungry. Might need to eat here soon. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you have any anything else? I, I was going to mention that the women are playing this Sunday in their uh, uh, Christ Pokal final. Um, this Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. I don't have the stream details but I'm sure we'll get that soon. As soon as we we get those details, if you want to watch the women in that cup final, we'll be putting that on our Twitter. Again, follow Adam uh, at Foosball Tweet. We've got all his info. And the women's, if you want to look at, need any like stats or anything from the women's team this season, got to check out his website. And he'll have the streaming details too once that's published. So check our Twitter feed, uh, our Instagram, at the BVB pod. And then also follow Adam. Carver, do you have anything else? Um, not much. Just keep an eye on Sebastian Kale going into this summer. I mean, keep an eye on Lotka and Meyer for sure. I think I would imagine one, if not both of those goalkeepers will be announced in the coming week, which is going to be great because, again, we lost Hits and Berkey, so we're going to need a number two. And, uh, you know, hopefully, which at the end, if it's, if we don't get it, it's not the end of the world. I think, again, we just need a number six, but hopefully we can also invest in another attacker as well, specifically an actual striker, like an out and out number nine. And uh, man, if we can, if we can lock down a number two and a number nine, you you better be watching us next season because you know, I say it every season and get disappointed, but I, I really do think this is a year that we can go out and compete in every cup competition in the league, you name it. Yeah. Um, all right, this is where I'm going to get all up in my feels and everything. But uh, Carvin and I started this podcast kind of on a whim. I was like, hey, man, you want to talk about Dortmund stuff and maybe record it? And uh, had no I, – I didn't know how many people were going to listen, but way more people have been listening than what I thought. So I'm just going to say thank you so much uh, for everyone who who's like stuck with us, listened to one episode, and was like, I'll give them another go, and then has stuck around for a long, a long time. And thank you, everyone, who's shared the podcast – rated reviewed we really appreciate it again this has like gotten a little bigger than we what we thought or expected what i thought or expected and it's been super fun it, it's been like so cool to to do and be able to share and sh- share dortmund and our thoughts and everything with you guys and have you guys share your thoughts with us and it, it's been so cool like just even the twitter experience watching games and getting on twitter and uh like being in the moment with everybody who listens and interacts with the show so i really appreciate everyone who listened listens it's been awesome we're not going to be gone uh, we're obviously going to take some time off. We're not going to do weekly episodes like we've been doing. Um, if there's some big announcements, big signings, uh, we'll probably come on. We might have some guests over the summer, so just be looking out for episodes. But it's definitely not going to be a week-to-week thing like we've been uh, until we get fully back into the season. Yeah, just to tackle on that, a, a huge thank you to everyone who's to li- just listen, participated, whatever you want to call it, interacted with the show in pretty much every way. It- you know, Jake already mentioned, but it has been a blast. I've been uh, having a lot of fun doing this show ever since we started, and I'm excited already next season. Again, plenty of guests that we're looking to have on that uh, some of you probably already know. We're looking to have you know a handful of different fun segments to get more people involved and get different things going. But all in all, yeah, very fun last few months. Thank you again from the bottom of both of our hearts. Yeah, and uh, one last thing, I. We're, there's a chance. So as as this continues to grow, we might do more stuff. I mean, we've we've thrown around the we've slightly thrown around the idea of like, what if we do some live streams or do more video content and stuff like that. So I, obviously, this is 
we've just been doing the audio podcast, but there's a lot more we could do, and we know that, so we might progress more. We're also like, Carver and I both have full-time jobs, so uh, <laughs> this has just been like a fun, almost hobby thing that's kind of like taken off in a cool way. But if if there's anything that like you as a listener thinks like, oh, it'd be cooler, I would like to watch a live stream if you guys do that, or um, anything maybe you... I'm not saying I want to copy what other podcasts do, but if there's other stuff that other shows do and you think that could be a benefit to you, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll take some ideas. We'll, we'll reconvene over the summer and we'll kind of come up with a plan for next season. Um, I don't know. I didn't run any, any of that by Carver, so I don't know Carver's thoughts, but no. <laughs> I'd love to hear what, what you would think is beneficial to you, the listener. Yeah, no, I completely agree with all of that, especially the live streaming part. I would love to watch a game with the supporters of the club and just kind of interact with whoever is in the chat at the time. I think that'd be great, you know, great fun for Jake and I, great fun for the listeners to actually engage with other fans while, you know, watching Dortmund. So, and besides that, I don't think I have any other ideas. So I think that's it. But, uh, again, uh, you can follow us, please follow us, especially in the off season on Twitter and Instagram at the BVB pod. You can reach out on email, the BVB pod at gmail.com. Um, if you haven't already done so rate and review, on Spotify and Apple because uh, it helps spread the word, the good word of, of Dortmund and the BVB podcast. So again, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we will see you sometime soon. Bye everyone. <laughs>